Welcome to the Swaflex Podcast. My name is Brandon Leday. I'm Brittany Lombas. I am James Cohn. And I'm Hannah Rassen. And we are recording in James and Hannah's living room in Mid-City, New Orleans. This is the podcast version of the movie review website, Swaflex. Yes. James dragged us down to the quarter to go to a metal show the other night. That was an extra like guttural swamp flick just yeah. now. I think because I'm still like reeling from that show. Yeah. yeah. That death metal grunting that's just like. Right. 200 stab wounds. Mm-hmm. What a name. Yeah. <laughs> I felt all 200. My neck. Yeah. My neck is still hurting, by the way, two days oh, later. Yeah. That, that was the deepest headbang I've ever seen. Yeah. I feel like I was in a car crash. <laughs> it was so fucking awesome. I felt like an old man, like standing at the edge of the pit. Like I was, oh, I was yeah. not headbanging quite as vigorously as you. But still, the next day, I had like a pulled muscle in my like Achilles heel. Uh, and I'm like, how sad is it that I like barely moved and I still walked away like uh, injured? This was a lot tonight. Oh my god, we're so old. The unexpected stab wound at the base of my foot. But I'm glad you came. It was a great time. Oh, it was great. Yeah, <laughs> very fun. Like thrash metal riffs mixed in with that kind of like just sort of death metal like pummeling. Yeah, and some like very Pantera like groove metal yeah. riffs in there. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'd, it was awesome. Had a great time. It's kind of cool going to the quarter a few times recently and just realizing the same exact weirdos are around. Yeah. <laughs> like nothing's changed at all. Comforting. Even though it's been a few years for me. It's also the start of spooky season. <gasps> right, Have y'all been watching? very appropriate to go to a death metal show like coming into like we're almost into October. Setting that mood for October. 200 Stab Wounds would be a great title for a horror it movie. It would. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd have to like keep a tally in well, my head. Well, I just watch all those <laughs> Scream really movies, so it's very like yeah. on brand with all those Scream yeah. movies. I feel like the uh, final showdown in the fifth one accounted for like half of those Stab Wounds <laughs> uh, in the yeah. climax. Oh, for sure. Have you been watching any other horror stuff, Brittany? <laughs> so I watched like what some would consider a horror, but more of like a black comedy thriller i guess um the movie vengeance directed produced and starring bj novak oh, oh yeah, yeah, the yeah true crime podcast yeah. yeah oh my god my my mom saw that and she gave it the most scathing <gasps> review she what? Ha- oh. hated it well i she feel like, like i'm gonna be similar to your, to your mother oh, really? kind she's of. like that's the worst movie i've seen in a long time wow. i can't imagine your mom being like right? negative on a film like, no she actively <laughs> hated she it <laughs> no wow. she likes most things that she hated it <laughs> so, so funny. i want to hear your take okay i didn't <laughs> hate it hate it <laughs> i thought it was okay it felt like such a straight to like vod style movie so i can't believe it's in theaters that's Mm. super bizarre to me i wouldn't pay money to see it um i saw it because it was on peacock (laughs) and i'm um bumming off of someone's peacock account (laughs) so i didn't pay for it at all amazing so the problem i had with it is bj novak Mm -hmm. he i understand like he directed produced and starred in i don't know what he was trying to accomplish by doing that but like he was if this movie had another actor in it it would have been probably a little Mm -hmm. bit better he's playing this brooklyn hipster who like is a womanizer and he just doesn't look the part and doesn't act the part and he's too old to be the part of like what he's trying to convey so it's like super strange off the bat but so he's this guy who gets a phone call saying, hey, you know, your girlfriend is dead. 
and he's like i don't have a girlfriend i sleep with everybody <laughs> oh that was just like that girl i was sleeping with like blah blah but this and he goes to texas and her whole family thinks that like he was in this like serious relationship with their like dead daughter and then he gets to know them and then he like starts to do a podcast about like her death and trying to figure out if she did overdose or if she didn't overdose because that was what they were saying like she died of so he goes through this like texan town and it's like he's meant to be this like outsider like new york um college boy and he kind of like acts like everyone's stupid and like you know he's better Mm -hmm. than everybody else and there's a lot of whataburger jokes a lot of whataburger scenes I wonder if it was sponsored by Whataburger. Yeah, it probably was. <laughs> it is a Perhaps. thing, though. Like, in Texas. My, my dad lives in Texas, love and they yeah. love Whataburger I love Whataburger, over there. too. I do, too. It's good. They're open late in Baton Rouge, which is why I enjoyed them when I lived there. Yeah. They got big old burgers. They yeah. have big burgers. Big old burgers. And it's very similar to Frostop Burgers, because uh-huh. they have the chopped onions and mustard. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Are we sponsored by Whataburger? I don't know. Can we be? <laughs> if we can get sponsored by TV right. and Whataburger, I... <laughs> Done. I like the idea of being sponsored by someone who does not have a store in New Orleans. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what a burger. Hello. And the plot's okay. It's slightly mysterious. Potentially worth a watch if you're like, don't, if you don't have anything to watch, but. I don't know. I just did not like. <laughs> That's the, the, a, such a that is not a recommendation. Yeah, yeah. If you have nothing it. else, that's like a to slow watch. leak in a car tire yeah. just now. <laughs> the, the, the vibe I got though isn't it sort of satirizing like conspiracy theory or like, of, like Republicans. Republicans kind of, but also trying to maybe be like empathetic towards them. I this didn't quite know from the trailer like what this movie was about. It, kind of is about that i just didn't care enough when i was watching it to like think that deeply about it but Mm. they say it out loud they're like oh yeah we're just gonna make a conspiracy theory about this and blah 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 and like like i don't want to like give spoil Mm -hmm. the ending away but it does deal with that um otherwise it sounds like he wrote it like years ago and it just took a while to like make it um because all that other stuff just sounds kind of old hat to me like yeah. From like the serial days of podcasting. Yeah, and like, where it was like true crime podcasts also everywhere. Like, when was the last time BJ Novak was like a household name? Like when, when he wrote that children's was, book. Also, yeah. like, aren't we kind of over like the podcasters as, I don't know, I saw that in a lot of movies like five years ago. <laughs> aren't we kind of over that? It's a pretty like, good punchline in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, it's been pretty right. like easy pickings. Well, like, uh, yeah. Down. I don't know that much about the history of it, so it could be what's i don't know i i I hated that he played a role in this movie like he should have just been behind the scenes yeah yeah i always get like the more roles a person has on a movie the more suspicious i get like directing he wrote directed produced and starred and is that directed produced and starred okay yeah it's like i don't know if you have too many of your hands and too many of your limbs but, in the pot. I disagree. But yeah, if you like, like, I feel differently anyway. I guess. But I if you like, if he also did like the costumes, yeah, then it would take <laughs> okay. it to that next. <laughs> right. I'm saying like, if you have complete creative, you just gotta have yeah. the whole okay. Thing. Here's what like when when Ben <laughs> Affleck stars in his own movies, like it 
can it feels to me sometimes like an ego trip like yes. only i can portray like the art that i'm yes. trying and maybe that's true but this it's is like, what that felt like a little bit yeah i think i guess that becomes charming to me when it's not a mainstream production right. anymore yes yes and so. it's just like someone's like i have to get my vision across so i'm gonna have yeah. control over yeah. every little right. aspect well of this. that's like the yeah. room yeah, you know, when it's like yeah. some low budget right. thing that goes off the rails. When it is one it. person and it's like the only way that this will happen is if I do everything because nobody else will have any part of this. That That is fun to right. me. But like Ben Affleck being the hero in the movie that he's directing and, you know, it's yeah. a little annoying. But yeah, uh, just don't watch it, I guess. Um. <laughs> so, so, uh, wow, it sounds like you and my sad. mom actually like agreed. Don't, yeah, I was looking forward to it, like, ooh, like a, a theatrical release on Peacock. Oh my god! And ugh, it's funny because even I you watched Jurassic World Dominion again instead. <laughs> even you saying don't watch it was half-hearted. Yeah, like don't watch. Yeah. I, get, well, I don't do know. or don't. do whatever you I just want. Don't I right. don't care. Which is the worst. Like, you're not even, like, putting in the energy to really hate it. I don't have enough passion to, like, say right. don't do it or do it. Right. Just, wow. It's up to you. Um. So, James, what have you been watching? Also, we um went to the theaters recently and we saw Barbarian. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Ooh, which, I really uh, want to see it. You'll, you'll like it. I'm not going to yeah. spoil anything as far as the plot. All I'll say is, like, you know. I talked about watching like this video nasties, like old exploitation movies from the 70s and 80s. This felt like a modern version of that. And I really dug it. I don't. There's aspects of it, especially with one particular character that I was kind of conflicted about. Was it the Justin Long? The Justin Long thing. That's where it lost me a little bit. Actually, and the Justin Long character kind of reminds me of what you were saying, Brittany, about BJ Novak. Yeah, Yeah. In that movie. They make him a villain-ish. Yeah. But, I mean, they do, but like, I still feel like you're supposed to find him funny and charming, and there, it doesn't work for me. There was I one found him gag. funny in his douchebaggery, yeah. but I n- was never rooting for him. There was one gag that, act- that really made me laugh, which I won't give away. Did it involve like tools? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was <laughs> that a funny was gag. One, yeah. That was one of the funniest <laughs> gags I've seen in a movie this year. Yeah. But like, you could tell, I think the guy made it worked with whitest kids you know which i've I've never seen oh yeah you could tell like a sketch comedy person made that movie it's very fractured and like when it goes for those comedy moments it's very broad Mm -hmm. um which i was much more in the headspace like you were saying like that grindhouse video nasty style horror that's the stuff that like really man when when it goes there it goes hard yeah Yeah. you'll enjoy it i'm excited I, i had a lot of fun and i know we've talked about like what is this year's malignant gonna be like Oh my god! This is probably as close as we'll get. Just that's if you, huge. If you go in totally cold, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I did. Like all I knew was like Hannah sent me the poster for it. Yeah, I was like, oh, that looks intriguing. Didn't see a trailer or anything. Going in cold, it's a hell of a ride. I don't know. It doesn't go where you think it's going to go, and it's a lot of fun. It's pretty gnarly. So I, I really liked it. And you've enjoyed a few movies about like. Spooky Air and B situation. Yeah, this is like the rental. Yeah, um, yeah. All I know about it is like it's an Airbnb spooky movie, and there's like some tunnels involved. Yep. Um, that's all I know. Say no more. Yeah, you don't need to learn. You need to know anymore. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) All right. And you know, it it tries to tackle not even like there's some Me Too stuff. Mm -hmm. There's like stuff about urban decay and 
about bad tenant, you know, yeah. bad helpful landlords. Cops are. Yeah, yeah, oh, like yeah. How, how much the cops suck. Yeah, and gentrification. So this that like social commentary stuff is pretty weak for the most part. Yeah, but where it really is good is just like how nasty it gets and like out there weird it gets. So I don't know. I'll say no more. I really recommend mm-hmm. it. It's a hoot. When I walked out of the theater, this like teenager looked at me. I guess he was like with somebody else, but he couldn't find them. He looked at me in the eyes and he went, that movie was too much, man. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. I need to tell someone this. <laughs> That's the genre it's in. Right. Too much. <laughs> too much for a teen. Also, it was the number one movie in America the week it premiered, which is kind of right. amazing. I love that. That makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. that's great. It, you know, not a not a perfect film, but man, hell of a ride. So, Hannah, wh- what about you? What have you been watching? So, I watched a movie recently that is not new to the world, but was new to me called, and it's also kind of a horror movie called Seconds. Um, it was directed in 1966 by John Frankenheimer. This is another part of my Criterion Challenge journey, which I'm sputtering along in. Um, And it's actually, it was also featured on the Criterion channel because the cinematographer was James Wong Howe. I I think that's how you pronounce his last name. And the cinematography in this movie is fantastic. He, uh, I think he won an Academy Award for it. Um, So Seconds is about this man named Arthur Hamilton who has a wife and a kid and like a nice bank job. Um, he's going to become president of the bank soon, but he's like deeply unfulfilled. He gets a phone call from an old friend of his that he believes to be dead. And the friend gives him these instructions to like go to this building with really no further information. And he finds himself in this company and they offer rebirths for people. So they will like change your fingerprints. They give you plastic surgery. They give you a new identity. They do like hypnosis um, to figure out what your deepest desires were. And then they like totally, they fake your death and like plant you in a community in like a totally new job. So uh, Arthur Hamilton is played by John Randolph then turns into Tony Wilson, who's played by uh, Rock Hudson. So this, uh, the it's black and white. It has a, like, a lot of really fun lenses, like a lot of wide angle shots that are up close, like people's faces are really distorted. Um, it's, it's absolutely menacing. Like the company is very mysterious. They have rooms of men just sitting and like doing these mundane like things like dialing the telephone and writing on a piece of paper (laughs) like rock hudson is like everything is mysterious um it's it's super sinister it really feels like an extended episode of the twilight zone like that's very much the kind of landscape it's working in and i really enjoyed it i thought it was uh spooky i love like um, I love the Twilight Zone, so this was just like totally up my alley, and I would recommend it just to see um, James Wong Howe's cinematography. Cool. Yeah, it is like a trippy art house mm-hmm. Twilight Zone episode, and I, I don't know, and also the like subtext with Rock Hudson, mm-hmm. who was like this leading man, but was closeted homosexual and like had to hide that, and you know, in the film, he's like beginning this new life this new persona 
to fit into what he thinks people expect of him mm-hmm. and all this. So I don't know. There, yeah. It's like really cool to look at and a lot to chew on yeah. thematically. I, I think it's a really exceptional movie. Yeah. And it also, it it is really based in like, you know, if you like wishing that your life could be different, believing that you've made all the wrong choices, like you didn't get to have the life that would have made you the most personally fulfilled and like the difference between material gain and the illusion of success and like fulfilling these basic aspirations versus like deeper fulfillment and enrichment that you get from engaging with your life and the people in it and i don't know i feel like a lot of people are struggling with that right now so it was i thought it was very very good and uh you know other people have thought that too it's not an original <laughs> opinion but it it's mine so awesome. uh yeah go no, watch it it is very cool it's a very cool yeah. movie uh so brandon what have you been watching also something i guess in the same vein where it's not exactly like a horror movie mm-hmm. but um has something to do with like bodily identity and like uh spooky images sometimes mm-hmm. I, I saw ghost in the shell the 90s oh, anime cool. film oh cool yeah um lately i've been limited to what theaters i can go to because i don't have a car during the week so mm-hmm. like what i can get to by bus and bike is just the broad and the downtown britannia canal place and um a few years ago, I feel like there was like no repertory screenings at all across either of those. Like maybe the Britannia Uptown plays like their one classic movie a week and mm-hmm. sometimes did midnight shows. But lately the Broad and Canal Place have done more rep screenings. And like someone programmed a bunch of anime movies at the Britannia this this month. Uh, this is the only one I, I made it to because they were all at 10 p.m. on a weekday, which <laughs> oh, is <laughs> a little tough for me. But uh, this was like only like 90 minutes. It felt like catching up on a puzzle piece of like genre of filmmaking that like helped me connect some dots. So like at first I'm watching and I'm like, oh, this is just an animated version of the Matrix. Like the Matrix borrowed so much iconography of like even the opening credits are just these like binary code strings of green text on black background. Um and it turns into like the ghost in the shell. It's like, okay. And um it's also about body hacking, so like these people use um, internet cables to hack into the backs of someone's head through these like ports mm-hmm. uh, to take over other people's bodies. And people are sort of like cybernetically Ooh. advanced or like half people, half cyborg yeah. creatures in the future. Possessor stuff. A little yeah. Bit. Yeah. I was actually going to bring up possessor in a second too, but like I was watching, I was like, okay, this is just like a huge influence on the matrix. But also as I'm watching, I'm like, it's also not inventing much that wasn't already done mm. in, Blade Runner or RoboCop like it kind of does a little bit of that too so it just felt like a you know I was like connecting this like missing piece of like my learning about like how all these genre things connect to each other it's a very philosophical like low-key anime it's very talky even though it's got a bunch of naked women who then turn into these like cyborg pieces Uh. parts creatures and like there's like some running around shoot shoot them ups and stuff too yeah amazing uh, it's it's very beautiful and very cool uh, yeah i've never watched ghost in the shell but it, it was always like on adult swim when i was watching adult like it would come on during anime time and i always felt like like this i don't know kind of what you were describing it's like this is something that is in like lockstep with all these other things that i enjoy 
Um, but and I've been I almost watched the movie like two days ago, but maybe <laughs> now this will be the push. I've almost watched it several times, but yeah. like I, something about it being on the big screen, it's like okay, well, I gotta go and see it that right. way. Um, so it finally yeah. gave me the motivation. But that's also we talked about this movie recently, but with Akira, same like. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt watching Akira was like, oh, this is a missing yeah. piece like that informs so many other films that came after it. And what was funny about that anime block that they did this month was like the other movies were Akira and um, the Cowboy Bebop movie. Oh, and I had cool. just Great caught one. up with those because I've been yeah. trying to like watch more anime basics. We did yeah. a whole episode on that recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, for October, though, this is why I wanted to bring this up. They're playing these double features for the oh price gosh. of one ticket. Uh, you can see Get Out and Candyman together. You can see Possessor and Climax. <gasps> um, Ooh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 with Black Christmas. I want to see that one. And the most inspired uh, <laughs> the most. Killer Clowns from Outer Space with Houseu, which sounds like a wild night at the movies. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just like, you know, there aren't a lot of theaters within the city itself. Like most of them are in the suburbs and those giant movie palaces. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of wonderful that there are two art theaters here. It used to only be one mm-hmm. um, that are like readily accessible. Yeah. Um, so it's cool they're doing more rep stuff and whoever's programming them at the um, Britannia is doing a great job. Yeah. So. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you, whoever sick you are. Double features. And for the rest of the episode, we're not talking about horror exactly, but I would say there's horror imagery in all of these movies. Mm, yeah. Um, we're talking about the fantasy genre. There's like a lot of spooky stuff in each yeah, of these. Yeah. 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 Where else are you going to get away with like demons and witches and stuff like that? That's you right. Know? Like, I don't know. There's a lot of bleed over, I think. Totally, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. This is the soft launch of spooky season right now. That's right. Yeah, we're easing. <laughs> right, we're easing from summer into fall. From like the light and airy into the the dark shit mud of the October. We do times. some beautiful things here at Swamp Yeah, Flutes. That's right. <laughs> and all that's coming up to you right, right now. now. Yeah, well, it was pretty amazing because I was only 17 then and uh, I had to convince Ron Howard, the director, that I was the right man for the job, even though George Lucas wrote that role with me in mind. I had to audition. I had to win the part for myself. Um, And it was tough physically. Very, very difficult film because we were all over the world. You know, I had to learn to horse ride. I had to learn to sword fight. I had to learn to scuba dive for a sequence that actually didn't end up in the film, but I had to learn the techniques of breathing through a, you know, an aerator and, and all of that stuff. And um, I had to learn to change nappies, which was horrendous. <laughs> Someone of 17 to have to do that. You know, I thought, there was, I thought this was an action movie. What am I doing? But I had to look like I was a father of two children would understand, you know, when I was taking the baby princess on this adventure, I would, I would look like I knew what I was doing. So it was my week to pick uh, the topic, and I I originally picked fairy tales, and then I proceeded to choose the only movie out of these four that is not actually based on a real fairy tale. Oh, but it's the only one that has fairies in it. That's yep. true. It is the only one that has fairies in it. Um, so this is like our fantasy episode. I love fantasy movies. I've always loved fantasy movies. I love like folk tales. I love the Brothers Grimm. I love like we used to have a book of like old Scandinavian folk tales. I just and it's like the kookier they are, the more I like them. So I wanted to pick a film that I watched a long time ago that we used to have on DVD uh, that I haven't seen in a while. And just to see like what I thought of it now. 
Um, so I picked Willow, which was directed in 1988 by Ron Howard. I have just absolutely no feelings about Ron Howard whatsoever. This is his best movie. Okay, well, that's good. Um, <laughs> what? But- <laughs> I, I feel confident in saying that. I, okay, I'll have to look through the filmography. I don't know if I, I agree, agree with that. <laughs> he's so bland. Like, yeah. He's got to have something better than... He has such a... No way. Even his right, face is like... It's his face is just very nice. He has a very nice. He looks Ron like Howard's he would be nice fra- face. Right. He just it's, he has a very bland. Fa- I don't know. I don't need to attack this man. He makes he makes fine <laughs> I movies. Remember, I remember when we were watching um, recently. We watched the Grinch movie that he made. Oh, the the live action. Yeah. Oh, I forgot that. I really watched that with that. the director's commentary and like. He had nothing interesting to say about the art form, <laughs> except yeah. that like every time someone appeared on the screen for the first time, it was like um, Jeffrey Tambor's like first scene in the movie. Be like, yeah. oh, he was a very nice guy. He was very nice to work with. <laughs> and I feel like that's yeah, why Ron that's Howard right. keeps wait, wait. getting parts. It's okay. Co- yeah. Have you ever seen Cocoon? Yeah, it's not good. Oh, Splash? <laughs> Brandon. He directed Splash. You can name every Ron Howard movie. <laughs> And I'm just going to be like, right. Willow is good. That is bad. Yeah. Willow what is about the, phenomenal. about the Ed TV, the Matthew McConaughey? Oh, with the, God. The, the fake Truman good. Show? Yeah. All right. All okay, I anyway. got, sorry, all I, I got is Cocoon. <laughs> I think Cocoon is a great movie. I didn't mean to derail this with a hot take up top. I just <laughs> no, don't like Ron okay. Howard. Talk about uh, Ron Howard. All right. I, so I have no strong feelings about Ron, Ron Howard. <laughs> Um, but this, st- I actually didn't realize this. The story of Willow was by George Lucas. So George Lucas, it seems like he was kind of the progenitor of Willow and he reached out to Ron Howard to direct this film and he like picked the lead, um, Warwick Davis, who plays Willow of good. Um, he played Wicket the Ewok in Star Wars. Um, so Willow is about this evil queen. Uh, there is a prophecy that this queen will be um, upended by the birth of a baby with a particular birthmark. So she's like killing all the babies in the land. Um, this baby with the birthmark is shuttled out of the castle and like put down a river. She ends up in um, Willow's Village. I totally forgot what the different names for these two groups of people. There, there's like the tall people and the yeah. short people. Yeah. But then there's the really short people. The brownies. The brownies. I love the brownies. That was probably my biggest perspective shift from when I was a child. Like, I think I loved the brownies when I was a kid. And now I'm like, oh, they're little, like, tiny little friends. This just bad improv. Yeah. But one of them <laughs> like is a very famous more. actor. Uh, Kevin Pollack. Kevin Pollack, yeah. As <laughs> the funniest man alive, Kevin Pollack. I recognize that. He's funny. I mean, no. I like the brownies. <laughs> I like the brownies. I didn't realize anyway. I had so many divisive Willow takes. Right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Who likes Ron Howard? Who likes the brownies? <laughs> um, so um, Willow finds um, this child in the river. Um, it's this um, community of, of small people. And these dogs were unleashed by the evil queen. They eventually find their way to the town. So the town is like, okay, we need to bring this baby away. We need to bring them back to like the giant people. Um one thing I'll say up top, they have this festival scene and all of the actors in this village are dwarfs, which and they were like they had this just beautiful festival. And I was comparing it to like the Wizard of Oz and the treatment of those communities. And I was like, oh, this is this is like a really cool village. Like it just seemed 
very honoring. And then and then I found out that the movie was originally titled Munchkins. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. Well, that was, a, you know, good revision. Well, so, Ron Howard might have made it right. That's true. With his, <laughs> He's like, this is <laughs> like, too, this. too far. In general, I was kind of worried about how this movie would age with that yeah. stuff. But, I mean, they all have jobs. They have, like... Yeah spouses and children right. and like they're a village. Very, and there it was a huge village this this movie has a lot of people in it yeah um so willow goes on this quest and he's kind of built an affinity for this child um he goes on a quest to basically they're trying to give it to like the first tall person that they see and the first <laughs> yeah. one they meet is val kilmer in a cage um his name is mad martigan and he's this like rap scallion so the, willow finds that he's not able to flag anyone else down so he just he's like okay we'll give you the baby and then he uh walks away and approximately two seconds later like these little tiny brownie pixies have stolen the baby from val kilmer so anyway um eventually willow and val kilmer and these brownies are like journeying to find a sorceress to bring this child to like safety and save the kingdom um so you know that's the the long and short of it um this is a huge movie it was filmed in like new zealand and i think england a lot Mm -hmm. of places beautiful landscapes a lot of different seasons like there's there are a couple of scenes where it's like these icy snowy mountains and then like beautiful kind of plains and and spring mountains and it's really gorgeous um it really did feel like a collection of lots of fantasy tropes and i think the thing that stood out the most for me and it it didn't happen that often but there were some moments with like really stunning gross visual effects like willow gets this wand and he's training he's trying to be a sorcerer and he there are these like gross hairy trolls and he like points a wand at a troll and it turns into this like blubbering like brain like flesh thing (laughs) and then it like it's absolutely wretched and then it drops into the water and then it turns into um like this huge sea monster and that was like legitimately thrilling to me the um two-headed like dragon yeah yes um i felt like a genius when that happened because i was like oh that's phil tippett like oh, after watching Mad yeah, Guy, yeah, yeah. I was like, I guess I just know what his work yeah. looks like now. Yeah. Um, oh, really? Okay, so yeah. Phil wow. Tippett, like, I feel like he elevates this movie a little bit. That dragon is crazy looking. <laughs> so gross. Beautiful, like, stop yeah. motion grotesquery. Yeah. And uh, Val Kilmer is super fun. He's like, he's putting, he's committing himself 100% um, just being a wild guy. And I don't know. I mean, I feel like the the story is like relatively rote but i don't really care because the, a lot of fantasy turns out that way and i don't know there's some legitimately good like magic scenes some good fights and i th- i thought it was like an above average fantasy movie i think that willow is like one of the top ones like it's up there with like princess bride and like legend yeah it's very princess it's in the 80s, there was just this abundance mm-hmm. of, like, fantasy films, like, Will, you know, Willow, Legend, Princess Bride, Neverending Story. There's Lady yeah. Hawk. Yeah, Lady Hawk. Woo. I love that one. There's so many, and I feel like it holds up. I don't know. I love yeah. this movie. Yeah. 
But I think it's fabulous. I kept thinking about Princess Bride as I was watching. Yeah. I was like, why is this not as good as Princess Bride? Uh, I don't know that it's not. <laughs> I think I, I don't think it is. I feel like there's some like charm factor that was missing for me. Like I thought the visual effects stuff was mm-hmm. like so cool, but it was like I don't know something about Princess Bride is so timeless with like the performances and the the writing and the characters. This does feel like above average, but not necessarily as good as like. Princess I really want to disagree with you right now. I Go feel for like it. Willow's like, a little grittier, almost. Yeah, it's it's nastier. People die in this movie, like it's, pretty yeah. brutally. There's yeah. a uh, yeah. There are these like rat tail dogs. So um, gross. That scene Queen where the entire army horrible. is like transformed in these like pigs. Oh yeah, yeah that was nasty. That some, and that's there's the best part. Some, of there's a baby stuff. that's just being. Sh- Although, you know what I mean? Like, there's the danger yeah. of this baby with this horrible wig. Most most of the horror stuff is the last, <laughs> Which like, is 40 amazing. minutes. Because um, the last 40 minutes is when you get the pig transformations. You yeah. get the Phil yeah. Tippett, two-headed dragon. And then there's the um, the two sorceresses basically clawing each other's oh, yeah. eyes out for, yes. like, half an hour. Yeah. I also, like, I love that I was thinking about George Lucas the whole time I was watching Definitely. this. And, the, yeah, the last scene, um, the source, the evil sorceress queen is like throwing down these blue lightning bolts and i was like this is palpatine and she starts to look drained yeah and like exactly skeletal the way he does so yeah. cool this feels like a george lucas movie yeah absolutely i watched um a lot of behind the scenes stuff and uh, ron howard was even joking like at some point i want to feel like i'm directing this and i'm not like just the president of movie magic like he felt <laughs> like he was just like doing a lot of right wrangling of all these different departments yeah. like yeah. you know you had the computer graphics people and then you had the stop motion and then like several different units for every action scene so like you had mm-hmm. the extras being filmed separately from the stars like, yeah ron howard's job was to be nice and to right. make decisions yeah uh this does feel more like george lucas's baby it feels like star wars set right uh, feels like the ewok medieval yeah. yeah and i've i've always felt like star wars is more like science fantasy it's yeah. not really science it's wizards fiction. In space exactly and i love like i love space wizards i love like land wizards i like sea wizards you know i'll just <laughs> take wherever wizards they are. wherever they come from i'll accept it there was also an element of romance on set because Val Kilmer was married to, I can't remember her name, but it's Bab Morda's, Queen Bab Morda's daughter that's also on the quest to like Oh, Sorsha. Yes. Yeah, and like, her Joanne Wally. Yeah, they were married until yeah. like the oh, mid-90s. Oh, that's fun. They're both they incredibly on set. hot. Yeah, they're very hot. <laughs> totally, yeah. I know, I love knowing that like, you know, this sparked their love. Also, yeah. I watched- Ended in divorce, but- <laughs> I also watched the trailer for the new Disney series version of this. I'm movie. excited for it. And uh, she was in it. And I'm like, still hot. Still a hot woman. <laughs> still <got it>. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really pumped for it. I think, like, so Warwick Davis is going to be in that series. I think Val Kilmer wants to be, but don't know how that's going to happen. But I, I'm, I'm really pumped about yeah. this Willow revival. Yeah. Well, Warwick Davis holds this movie down he mm-hmm. was like, 17 years old when he filmed i know what? that's incredible my mind. <gasps> yeah. this was his first movie where he's not hidden behind a costume or yeah, a he's, mask. Not, yeah. he's not an ewok because i knew i knew him from you know the leprechaun films and he's great in those too. and he's great in those but like he i thought he was really attractive and like he's he, very attractive. he has very sexy hands he has these yeah. like long fingers yeah, uh, yeah. and his costume yeah. Yeah. yeah like i didn't think val kilmer like Val Kilmer is hot in this movie, but he like doesn't really do it for me in the way that like Warwick Davis does. Like <laughs> okay. he really like 
he has this like classically trained British mm-hmm. actor thing going on that I think carries the like yes. carries the emotional weight of the yeah. movie. Like when he looks at like the young princess and cares for her, like that's where it started to approach like Princess Bride levels of like, I'm connected to this like story. Well, and so when you were talking about Princess Bride, I was thinking like, I do, they develop the romance in that story pretty successfully in my opinion. And the the relationship between Val Kilmer and Sorsha in this movie is like, it's totally absurd. Yeah, But the emotional core of the film is... Um, Willow's relationship with this child and yeah. his love for her, and I think that that is like really cool. I'm glad that the romance there there isn't a romance at the core of the movie. Like that's not the prominent um, yeah. emotional it's like story. A there's daughter a, yeah, thing there's a lot of heart in it. And yeah, his two children in this movie are so oh my sweet. God. <laughs> yes, they're so cute. His daughter is a terrible actor. That kid. <laughs> Yeah, I thought she was like the cutest, like little child actress. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) she can barely read. And his wife too, like just sweet, like little family. Like, ah, I love it. Yeah, Yeah. I also like. It was fun to you know rewatching it as an adult. I guess to see gags that I loved when I was a kid, like when the 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 sorceress was turned into like some kind of possum creature by the um, yes. evil queen and so willow keeps trying to turn her back into a person and he just keeps turning her into different animals and i i remember i didn't remember that gag like going into it but then i was like oh yeah i thought this was hilarious like every time when she turned to a goat as a kid it was like that's the funniest shit in the world apparently that like technology where um, the computer like gradually turns one animal into another mm-hmm. was like invented for this movie. Really? And then like a bunch of stuff in the nineties cool. ran it into the ground. Yeah. Uh, they, they called it morphing. Yeah. Um, and like everybody was like, how did what? you do that? Yeah. yeah. Um, it looks good. It looks great. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, like we were, we were talking about this as like a comparison point for the princess bride. I think this is like more exciting to me because it's so authentically nerdy. In a way that that movie isn't. Like, that movie is extremely charming. All the characters are very likable, but they're kind of just goofing around in a fantasy setting. This feels like it's really invested in the real nerd shit. Like, the wizard battles and, like, the the dragons and, like, saving the princess arc. Like, it's all very nerdy in a George Lucas kind of way. Yeah. I I guess my thing is, like, I know the episode is not about fairy tales, but... It's kind of about fairy tales and like yeah. Princess Bride feels quintessential fairy tale, like bittersweet, like it's got the heart. This feel, like you said, more like nerdy sci-fi George Lucas kind of shit. And it's like grosser and weirder than Princess Bride, which I think you got to give it points for that. I mean, I don't agree that this is not quint. I think this is absolutely quintessential family, like a ch- a prophecy, a child, an evil queen who's taking over the land. Yeah, and then this like slow accumulation of like a ragtag band of heroes like coming to face the queen, like that. That feels like so fantasy even just the protecting the child that one day right. will take over the yeah. kingdom like i feel like i've seen that story so many right. times yeah um mm-hmm. 
I don't know. George Lucas didn't really get to flex this much after Star Wars. Like he created one of the like most profitable beloved franchises in the world. And yeah. people have just like hated his guts ever since because he's a fucking nerd. Like uh when what he did with the prequels was like his vision for the series. And I'm not saying that's good. And they were bad. They're bad. <laughs> yeah. But like I like the prequels oh, really? more <laughs> than the other ones. I was a huge fan of them. But okay, after Star Wars, he really didn't get to show his personality very much besides those prequels. Like he was kind of like yeah. honed in. I, I like pre Star Wars George. I like American Graffiti. That's his best movie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna argue with I you there. I want more like American Graffiti George Lucas. Oh, yeah, you know. I mean, that's not coming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I just I just find this like so charmingly nerdy. Um, if I have any problems with it structurally, it's just that it's very long. It yeah. feels like an entire afternoon. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, it kind of eats up half your day. It's yeah. worth it though. Like it's such a beautiful movie that like it could be like eight hours long, and I would still love it. Like just because of the sets and how like you know intricate mm-hmm. everything is. Yeah, yeah. Also, like okay, if George Lucas doesn't really get much time to like be his nerdy self out in the forefront, also just like little people actors don't get this much of a spotlight in productions this big yeah true like after warwick davis maybe peter dinklage has gotten that like level of prestige since then but yeah what's the biggest like peter dinklage starring vehicle you could name that's i mean that's game, of thrones, game of thrones but like in in like a major motion picture like this yeah i don't know I, I i actually just watched one recently i think we're alone now did you see that came out a few years ago it's like a post-apocalyptic um he's like the last man on earth kind of but i think the difference is like he's not playing a dwarf yeah and that's where we've progressed it's like warwick davis is in this movie is playing a dwarf well there's like two different kinds of peter dinklage movies right like there's like tiptoes which is like offensive and then there's like the station agent where he's just a guy just a guy tiptoes yeah, he's like the French yeah. buddy. Oh, you're right. He's like the was, bad boy. I kept thinking of Tiptoes too, where I'm like, how do we go from like a film in 1988 where we had little people actually playing roles, and then we had Tiptoes where I would, Gary I would like for, got his knees and shoes. I mean, I would like for Warwick Davis to have gotten more of those Peter Dinklage kind of roles where he's not playing a dwarf. He's just yeah. playing a guy that happens to be. Yeah. And that has happened on TV, but not in movies. It hasn't. I was like, should we explore his um, filmography? Yeah. That'd be interesting. He's a great actor. He's really good in this. Mm -hmm. And honestly, hats off to George Lucas for building an entire multi-million dollar movie around him. Even though it, 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 I guess, because of the industry, like it had to be in a fantasy setting for people to get behind that. Yeah. I don't think the movie others him really. Right. Yeah. He is a person. He's the hero. And that was like the... You know, whereas I think like the Wizard of Oz is really like fetishizing and othering. Yeah, they're called munchkins. Right. Like the other thing I like about like the community of little people is really super vibrant and like has its own kind of life. And then they also talk about like Val Kilmer and like the taller people as like they are also othered by that community it's not just like these people are the normal people and they are the other it's like you know it's a different perspective yeah. for both groups of people <laughs> and like the little people have like literal like there's people that are more little yeah than they the are and i think that adds to the unothering. and when they use a munchkin type term uh peck it's a slur right and they're all like very offended by it like yeah do not call me that mm-hmm. even though burgle cut probably deserves it 
I love Burgle Cut. Burgle Cut's the best. I'm gonna take your farm someday. Just this evil landlord yeah. character, yeah. just like a pure evil, like heel. Evil right. looks like he just is farting 24 yeah. seven. He gets a lot of like he gets like shit on. He gets thrown up <laughs> on. Yeah, he does. He does. I love this movie. Like yeah. I, I honestly was worried about how it would hold up, and I've held it. I've held onto it on um, DVD for like the longest time because it was like not readily available. Yeah. yeah. Um, it went into the Disney vault for like a good right. decade. Oh God. And I was like, maybe they're hiding it because it's like not right. aged well, yeah. you know, and I hadn't seen it since I was like younger mm-hmm. and it was, it was really nice revisiting it. Yeah. It's a little draggy in the middle. Like mm-hmm. it's not the sharpest movie at all times. It's got that like George Lucas Steven Spielberg swashbucklings style. Oh, like, yeah, totally. Where they like ride the shield down the um, ice mountain yeah. and it's like. Right. But other than that, like, I have no complaints. Like, I just thought this was like a total delight. Yeah. Well, many more worlds of fantasy to explore, um, but Willow is a wonderful entry. Yes, yes it is. The prince said he meant no harm and that he was looking for the singing, ringing tree. When the princess received the tree, she'd accept him and love him, and then the tree would sing. May I turn into a bear if it doesn't happen like that, he said. So the movie that I selected um, for our fantasy topic is more of a fairy tale movie. Um, It's called The Singing Ringing Tree from 1957. It's a German fairy tale film. They had a lot of these like really highly saturated, brightly Mm -hmm. colored, bizarre fairy tale films like in Europe around like the Cold War era. Czech Republic, especially. Specific. yeah, Yeah. Yes. While, you know, the West sort of had all these Disney films like this is kind of what was going on over yonder. And this movie really, it was huge. I think like it sold almost like 6 million tickets in an area of like 17 million people, which is pretty big for a fairy tale film. And it um, picked up a lot of traction when it made it to like the BBC's um, children's movie circuit in like the mid 60s, which is the version I'm pretty sure that we all saw had a very really... I found to be very comforting um, British <laughs> um, narrator kind of taking us through the tale. It's not a film that has a lot of dialogue in it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was fine with that. It was interesting. Like, I don't know that I've ever seen like a dub of a movie that wasn't an exact translation. Right. It was like a summary of what people yeah. are saying. Yeah. It was almost like somebody was reading the story. To yeah. Me, yeah. Which I really liked, actually. I Yeah. I felt like, like my grandpappy was yeah. kind of telling me the story as he was putting me to bed I need at to night. find yeah. out who this man is right. that like narrated it because I think we all like you know owe him something it also uh. reminded me of like the kind of fairy tale media we would have grown up in in like the VHS era where it was like Mother Goose's tales like of, fairy like, tale theater stuff exactly yeah. Yeah. hi I'm Shelley Duvall let me like narrate this entire story to yes you. Yeah. so 
it feels like a play. Nothing is the effects aren't spectacular, but it's beautiful. Like the sets are all these beautiful, like hand painted, you know, fantasy kingdoms. The costumes are great. Um, my favorite thing about this film is the fish. And we'll talk about the fish. Mm. I that love that big fish. Old fish. That big old goldfish. <laughs> um, that's like half mechanical and it's got a wonky eye. <laughs> There's a scene in a movie called Uncle Boon Me Who Can Recall His Past Lives. It's a very slow art house movie that not a lot happens in it. But there's a scene where a lady has sex with a fish that's very similar to that fish. Uh, oh, oh <laughs> so how wonderful. I would recommend it for Gotta that scene. It. Double feature. Yes. Gotta watch it. So this is... <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Yeah. I never if thought you about this. fucking the fish. I mean, I don't love the fish that much. Yeah, I like the fish just fine. That's just further viewing recommended. That's I don't okay. know. Okay. Adding extra Yeah, you may be interested in... the fish... If you're the into fish the fish folk right. out there. So um, it's sort of, sort of loosely based off of like folk tales. It's not like one specific story. I think it... There's like a Grimm's brother tale that this kind of plays off of a little bit, but it's not 100%. Well, the story is there is a prince who is trying to win the heart of this um, kind of um, spoiled mean princess. She's awful. I kind of love her, though. She reminds me of Mariah Carey a little bit. Yeah, she's a diva. (laughs) A diva. We love a a brat. I love a bratty diva. So um, he's trying to kind of win her heart, and he brings her this box of pearls, and she just, like, opens it up and dumps it out. What is this And she's like, oh, anybody can do this. I want the singing reading tree, damn it. (laughs) So... That tree's not even that spectacular it's either. It's a twig. It's a, it's a twig. Yeah. It's the yeah. Charlie Brown Christmas a, tree. Right. Yeah. Um, a young tree. Sap- yes. It's a sapling. Yeah, a sapling. Yeah. So she want, She says, hey, like, if you want me, you got to bring me this fabled singing ringing tree that exists in the magical kingdom. So the prince is like, okay, I guess I'll have to get this ringing tree. And he um, journeys to the magical kingdom to get the tree where he is met with um, an evil dwarf who is like, yeah, you can have this tree, but it will only sing and ring if she really loves you. And um, it turns out she doesn't and Mm. it doesn't sing or (laughs) ring. And the princess turned into a bear, (laughs) which I thought of Brandon because I know you really like Brigsby bear. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, So I'm like, God, I wonder if you're really into this. Like, it looks like he just, glued a bunch of pubes all over his yeah. body. I thought the bear was adorable, yeah. Yeah, it was very cute. I was not really? thinking about Brixby bear, though. That was adorable? Yeah, like kind of horrifying, but kind of like... <laughs> yeah. Right, okay, there you go. Okay, yeah, 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 well, yeah. I agree with you I on got that. That. So that point. He turns into this bear and retreats to live in the magical kingdom. And uh, eventually, the king goes after to find the singing ring tree for his daughter, meets the bear who is the prince and he's like you know you have to bring me back the first thing you see which is the princess Mm -hmm. so then the princess is living in this magical kingdom with the bear who's the prince um and this um evil dwarf who's like trying to you know ruin their lives which i i find him adorable and fun oh, yeah he's always shaking his fist yeah he's like no or he's ah. like you know blowing magic but yeah. it's always like a bunch of dust right <laughs> definitely in harsh political contrast to what we were just talking right, about in exactly. willow that's yes. true he is yes, not a yes, person yes. he is like a magical imp who yeah. is like you know just up to mischief and like 
fucking with everyone's lives like a like a um, deviant yeah. god. <laughs> He's just like yeah, like kind of popping out of like little holes everywhere. Sometimes in the clouds, up in the sky. He never Sometimes knows. just out of a tree, <laughs> or <laughs> right, or in a cliff. Yeah. A delightful performance, but like, yeah, after watching Willow, I was like, right. okay, this is the difference. This is bad. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, you're totally right. Um, well, she is obviously not the best person in the world. She mistreats her animals. Um, she's mean to people. And she is sort of her insides become her outsides, mm-hmm. which her ugliness inside becomes her ugliness outside. I thought she looked fucking cool as shit, though. Yeah. I was when, she got green hair. when she got that green hair, I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. yeah she gets, like, I met her in the Marini the other day. <laughs> yeah, right. She gets like this green straight hair. Yeah, I was just a, as attracted to her with the green yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, she had like the nose 2010 going. era yeah. Grimes a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. With her cool gray skin, she just looks like, a, yeah, she's yeah. very punk rock. Um, but of course she's all pissed off. She's like, holy shit, what happened to my beauty? And she sort of tested where, you know, the dwarf will do a magical spell. And he, I think one of the spells he did was he froze a lake Mm -hmm. where this cool ass (laughs) goldfish, um, (laughs) swims in and the fish gets frozen and she gets frozen, but she pulls her arms out and she's like, let me go help the fish. And she helps the fish. And then like, her, her nose goes back mm-hmm. to how it was before and then a horse is you know stuck in the snow there's a lot of like weather um right things yeah going on. and then the bird with the wind too yes yeah so she's the more she is met with these challenges and she's proving and like kind of like realizing i need to be nicer to animals and the environment around me she kind of gets her her beauty quote unquote back and yeah, it's. I kind of thought the. I, I hate the whole idea of like beauty being yeah. the thing, but I think it was kind of cool how it's like just treat your environment and animals mm-hmm. a little better. I love how it's like. There's that point in the movie where she's like, "Yeah, I learned to like not abuse animals," and like, <laughs> ah, okay, I, I'm better now. And then she gets her beauty back. Like, oh great! Like you learned then- to not abuse. Why was that your impulse in the first place? Right, right. like you're still a bad person. <laughs> like so figure your shit out. Interesting man. too is she rides the goldfish mm-hmm. to um I forgot where she rode him to, but like she's riding the goldfish to try and find the bear, mm-hmm. and then the dwarf like makes the lake drain. And then she just leaves the goldfish. Yeah. And I'm like, I guess it dies. <laughs> we, just, we never go back to it. I do think there's like a um, a tradition in fairy tales to teach kids like kind of toxic lessons sometimes. Right. And I do think there's kind of like a weird misogyny to this setup too. Oh, where for like, sure. She's like the one main female character in this. And she's just a spoiled brat who's like very like not serious and like doesn't contribute to anything. And, like, the prince slash bear character is, like, doing all the hard work. Yeah. And, like, she has to learn to be more like him. And there's, like, a nobleness to yeah, his like, masculinity. Yeah, stones. Uh, that contrast between, like, the noble strong man and, like, the bratty princess uh, was just very funny. Yeah. Just in that tradition Classic of fairy, fairy tales. Tale. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which, yeah, some horrible messages. But, uh, yeah. And eventually, you know, she gets her beauty back. Prince becomes a prince and not a bear. And the tree rings yeah um, it sings the- and rings 
Can't argue with that. Yeah. Yep. A pathetic tree. <laughs> the tree is so pathetic. Yeah, it's um they they could have made that a little better. I don't think they needed that much money to make a, a tree. Um but yeah, so they did need to like be able to carry it around. That's though. true. So you know, it's uh, the sapling. Yeah, the little sapling. So what did y'all think about the singing ringing tree? So I had some problems with it, namely, yeah, the dwarf character. Yeah. And the the like I get the beauty on the inside <laughs> equals beauty on the like that's a visual lesson that you can like, oh, your character will in but it's still like the reward is that you get to look hot. Like <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I have a problem with it, but that that is like a common trope yeah. in fairy tales too. However, I loved this movie. Yeah. And Woo! this was exactly like, it reminded me of the, th- it had a lot of the things that I loved about donkey skin. Like yes. I fucking love donkey skin. And this, I just need to watch all of these hypersaturated fairy tale movies because so I love them. And it has like, like the more nonsensical things become, the more I like it. It's like, okay, bring this tree. And if she doesn't love you, you're going to turn into a bear. And now she, it's like, <laughs> now you have to save a fish and uh, save this. And God, these the, three lessons the will teach you. The dating scene was like so complicated back right. then. A lot, of things, <laughs> a lot of things went into it. Like I, and that was what I loved about these kinds of fairy tales when I was yeah. little. It's like these, these like, Oh, you have to go get this bird from this kingdom that's trapped in a cage, and they're like you pass upon a bed on the road, and if you sleep in it, you'll like you're a hundred years old. Yeah, like I love that Weird like rules. absurd fantasy. Yeah, yeah. It also had a very similar premise to Donkey Skin too, mm-hmm. in um, one of the sections of Tale of Tales uh, as well, where like the king holds this like contest to like win yes. the daughter's mm-hmm. affections. And people have to perform this like impossible task to right. like, do that. Yeah, yeah, mm. and that that's such a trope too. Like it always, you know, people come in threes. Like mm-hmm. the first man is too; he's very strong and he, he <laughs> yes. fails, and the next one is very fast and he fails, and then somebody like has this clever idea yeah. and they like figure it out. You know, and sometimes it's an ogre. In the always, case of oh yes, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> oh, amazing. I I I need to watch. Tale I love Teletales too. Um, but yeah, I just was totally swept away nice. by this. Like, I feel like you can acknowledge the problems oh, for sure. of like of the time and also of in kind of intrinsic in fairy tales and that tradition. Um, but this is just like exactly the stuff that I live for. Gotta love that fish. Yeah. Gotta love that fish. And I love that like the like reindeer horse. It's just like oh. a horse with these big old antlers. <laughs> and then like yes. this thick fake yellow mane. Like, I don't know. It this movie looked beautiful. It was just uh a f- visual splendor feast. I guess, I mean I guess so, but also like if you were a kid watching this, wouldn't this kind of be a nightmare? Well, that's, it, it feels that's kind like, of yeah. part of the charm. Right. Why not? Yeah. But it feels like what's that hr puffin stuff like great film i love <laughs> no, no, it's yeah, terrifying yeah. it looks down at the flute and the flute has a little face and like talks back to him <laughs> and then witchy yeah. poos flying around Horr- beautiful fucking horrifying <laughs> i just imagine like this is the kind of movie that would give kids nightmares i'm sure there's a whole generation of children there is that watch i found this. them on the internet <laughs> oh, really? it's okay. a bunch of like and they fuck it i'm sure they have like middle-aged men who are like though because like 
I was in a situation recently, and this does not happen often, where I had to babysit a child for two hours, oh. and I put on H.R. Puff and stuff, the movie. Why would you? And he, well, I gave him a, a list of options, and he picked that one. Oh. <laughs> and then he sat there like jaw agape, like eyes wide, just oh. like stunned by it. Wow. And I think kids like being scared yeah, a little bit. Like, they do. When we were kids, we watched like riskier, scarier stuff. We watched stuff like Willow that had those Phil Tippett mm-hmm. two-headed dragon beasts in it. Yeah. Like, I think kids like being yeah. freaked out. Like, I love Dark Crystal when yeah. I was a kid. I love The Labyrinth. Like, those are scary. Spooky. The Secret movies. of Nim is terrifying. Yes. That, but yeah. And oh, that's how this cry. feels to me. This yeah. is yeah. like scary for a kid. Mm-hmm. Just what? Like the bear, the pube bear is terrifying. A lot of um, you know, middle-aged British men on the internet. Or talk about like the pube bear and how like they're like do y'all remember this scary <laughs> movie bear. that played all the fucking time on bbc and we'd watch it because our parents were like oh like watch this like cute fairy tale before yeah. you go to bed and we were just like <sighs> terrified <laughs> so apparently like it has impacted some some people's Weird. lives <laughs> i'm glad you picked this like i i have ambitions in my life to familiarize myself with the czech fairy tale movies because mm-hmm. there's so many yeah and they're all beautifully saturated like this um because I have not seen those yet, this most reminded me of Wizard of Oz because mm. it has a similar style where like everything is so intensely artificial. Yeah, that you have no yeah. choice but just to forget reality and just yeah. to, like submerge yourself in it. And like you, you don't see painted backdrops after a second. You don't see these like handcrafted sets. You're just right. like You're this world it. is real. That's a giant Immersed. golden fish. I'm gonna ride it <laughs> up the river until the river dries up, and then I'm gonna abandon my fish friend. and it'll die. Yeah, <laughs> like. This is like legitimate movie magic where like yes. you just sort of like lose yourself in the reality of it and it transports yeah. you to this like fake world. Um, okay, yes, the first time you see the bear, you're like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> but then you gradually just sort of get used to it. He and becomes like, adorable. That is the bear. And you know, <laughs> right. that's what the bear looks right. like. And this is a normal bear to everybody else, yeah. except he can talk. <laughs> that's the only thing that's weird. And he can um, chide you about your work ethic. Right, that's which right. He does a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we're we were talking about like Willow being part of this like '80s continuum of like you know never-ending story and labyrinth and um, legend and all those other movies. This is the earlier era. If you're mm-hmm. not if you're not going to talk about Disney movies, this is what fairy tale movies looked like. And even um, Donkey Skin, when they made that, they were like there hadn't been a French movie version of like a fairy tale in like decades Mm -hmm. and i don't feel like that movie really updated the visual style very much from this 50s era like yeah it was kind of like a throwback to whatever this movie magic thing is absolutely um so i felt like this is a very important like cornerstone of like what fairy tales look like on screen and it is terrifying (laughs) kind of beautiful and cute in the same time and yeah magic just magical the way that i feel Brittany, about you picking this movie is that I've suddenly been presented with like a treasure map that I can mine for There's like so many months to come. And I'm very excited. Yes. Well, good. And a lot of them are on canopy. So wonderful. Well, if that was like the 50s era and we talked about the 80s like um, revival where things got very like high gloss and like beautiful, especially Legend with all that glitter o- on every surface of everything. <laughs> Literally. Uh, since then, I don't feel like there has been much of an update to this genre until very recently post Mm. Robert Eggers, the witch Mm -hmm. Um, there's been an elevated horror style of fantasy movies, you know, like the green Knight we talked about on the show before tale of tales. I would almost put in that same category. 
Um, and then James's pick is definitely in the like elevated horror yeah, version of fantasy. Uh, Gretel and Hansen. Hansel. <laughs> Gretel and Hansen. Hansen the band. <laughs> I'm trying to do my best like German accent. Hansel, which came out in 2020, which is... I, I don't know why I thought this movie came out like way before, but... It came out in February of 2020 or January. I saw it like in the theater... Uh, it felt years older to me, right. but it was because it was well, like right before the pandemic. It was like, mm-hmm. pa- I remember that because I'm like, I want to see this and the yeah. pandemic hit and I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And then I just, I had to wait like a year to catch it on. And, uh, and this is VOD. like kind of a a modern retelling of, you know, a classic fairy tale that we all know. And I think going on what Brandon was saying, what was interesting watching this was like, we talk about what the A24 horror aesthetic is. This is it. I mean, like, to a T, watching this movie, it was like the shots were so well orchestrated. And it was so, like, beautiful. Like, this is a beautiful movie. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of The Witch. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and like, and obviously, like, that's an aesthetic now. I don't really need to go into the plot because we kind of know what the plot is. Well, I it mean, deviates from the Hansel and Gretel story li- tale. Mm-hmm. Does it? A little, yeah. a little bit. It's. I think this is very much more focused on Gretel and yeah. her like transition into womanhood. Like That's a huge yeah. part of the story. Even just switching their names around feels right. like an yeah. acknowledgement mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. And that Hansel is like much younger and she is caring for him and her kind of relationship with the witch. She gets trained to be her like successor. So it's yeah. a kind of, like, yeah. feminist, like right. Yeah, and there's like subversive this f- thing. feminist angle yeah. to it. But really what struck me about this movie was like how fucking gorgeous it was. Mm-hmm. Like out of all the movies we watched for this episode, like this one was just beautiful to look at and, you know, kind of boring in a, in a <laughs> sense, like, like it felt like a museum sort of piece. Like yes. I'm looking at these great pieces of art. I'm not necessarily connected to the story, but goddamn, it this was like some really great visuals. It's interesting you say museum because when I watch this movie, I think of like whenever you go on a tour of like an older home or something that's historical and everything's kind of roped off. And they like set up the kitchen to how it would be in those times. Like mm-hmm. it feels like oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like as you're kind of like going right. through all of these scenes, and it's everything so quiet. Which I think the horror element to it is like the how long it is and how quiet it is, and there's this like build up, like it's this constant. One of the shorter movies we watch, right? Yeah, it just but, feels long, but it feels long. Yeah. It's like yeah. curated in a way where like it feels slow and it drags. But, like, that's sort of the vibe, right? With, like, the A24 horror is, like, the dread. The, like, slow building of dread. And I don't know. I thought this was unique in comparison to the other movies we just talked about. Like, in tone and in style. Like, it feels very modern. I think it's kind of crazy how, like, spoiled we are as, like, horror enthusiasts right now. We're, like... Mm-hmm. Something this like pretty and like weird and out there played in multiplexes. Yeah. Like I saw this at an AMC, but it's like a weird art horror mm-hmm. movie. There's just so much stuff like this now, especially after The Witch, like Hagazusa and Oh yeah. I saw one this year called You Are Not Alone about this like shape shifting witch that mm. like sh- she like tears the heart oh. out of people and puts it in her body and then she looks like them until she tears out another heart. Cool. And like 
it's it's like a Malikian horror. Like it, it feels like a Terrence Malick film, but like it's basically like this. Mm-hmm. And like the fact that there's so much stuff out there right now, I just mm-hmm. feel spoiled. We're like. Yeah. At the time watching this in the theater, I was like, this is so beautiful and fun. And like, I'm like overwhelmed by the sensory experience. But watching it again now, I'm like, there's so much other stuff exactly like this. And I still like it, but I was just like, I'm, I'm kind of losing what's special about it on revisit, um, especially watching at home versus like being crushed under the sound design and like mm-hmm. those ominous shots of the trees with like God, a sense overpowering you. But the, but the you. score too, like oh, yeah. the music, yeah. the synthesizer, it's like... This is our shit. Like, I like yeah. the, when I look at like our top movies, of yeah. the, you know, it's always like The Witch or it's in that wheelhouse. It's in that A twenty four style is our wheelhouse, and this is so much of that. I couldn't help but fall in love with it. I think I was like a little distracted by the style at some point. Like I was focusing more on like, oh yeah, this is an extremely well composed shot than like being engaged with the story Mm -hmm. but there were a lot of there were some visual moments that really like like there's this scene where Gretel and Hansel are in the woods and they they're kind of like having a conflict and there's this one red like gel light shining in the background it's just and then there's a scene where you know, there's a house, there's smoke coming out of the house, mm. and then it turns this, like, blood red. Like so these, cool. Yeah, those were, like, really evocative images. And I've always loved the Hansel and Gretel story, and there were, like, some changes that I missed. Like, I missed the original beginning of the Hansel and Gretel story where they have this, like, stepmother who wants to kill them, so they're sending them out into the woods thinking they're not going to come back and you know the breadcrumbs yeah and uh, like that is kind of modernized in an interesting way um but i i don't know i missed that preamble of showing how intelligent gretel is um but then i really loved the focus on her and her like like the association with um menstruation with like witchery and that she has this power and she kind of has to decide how she's going to use it and to find out if if she can decide how she uses it like i just love um witch prodigy movies i love like old women (laughs) showing little girls like spell books like i love that shit like my mom used to tell me this story a lot and i never felt like oh the witch is you know good it was always like kill the witch there's this other um kind of novel from the witch's perspective about how she never like wanted to kill children that's very interesting but mm-hmm. in this movie i was kind of like like Gretel, i do want you to be like i wanted them to just keep doing their witchy stuff and like let hansel be fattened up and she <laughs> she like I, I don't know i just felt like gretel had a lot to carry yeah where like their mother situation oh yeah i don't know kind of felt like I feel like kids could, girls can relate to Gretel. Like, obviously, like, you know, yeah. a mom with, like, this mental illness who's, like, mm-hmm. yeah, get up before I chop you up. And then having to, like, take care of your siblings yeah. and being, like, that person who's, like, you have to make all these decisions. Mm-hmm. You have all this power, but, like, it's a burden almost. Like, and domestic obligations yeah. are holding you back. Yeah. Exactly. So, I don't know. I felt so bad for her. And yeah. she just seemed like just, there's this constant dread 
in her face and like everything she does it's just very sad Mm -hmm. um made me think of like you know a lot of little girls yeah in uh, our day and age have to deal with that the way you get into like her being smart in the beginning is in a job interview which feels like super Mm -hmm. modern right yeah yeah where the guy's like interviewing her for you know basically to be his maid is basically like you shouldn't talk so much and you shouldn't think a lot right like you yeah. think too much and, and you argue express a your virgin. opinion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And she's Just like so she bails. Okay. She's like, gotta get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that it accomplishes like basically the issue in Hansel and Gretel, the the story is like it's it is economic hardship. Like we can't take care of these children. So they're trying to push them into the woods. Yeah. And it's the, it is the same situation, but I do feel like from an older like the perspective of an older girl like a girl yeah. who's just about to be sexually mature yeah, not like and a seven-year-old yeah and like a more kind of modern approach which i thought was very interesting but i, I don't know i just wonder if that a24 aesthetic is gonna jump the shark soon <laughs> well i mean i'm sure there are plenty of people who are already bored by it i ain't <laughs> i'm not personally like no. i i watching this i was so like into the visual style but I think there will come a day where there's going to be some backlash to this like high art. Well, yeah, even style. like around the time this came out, I feel like um, right before it, it chapter one felt like this like breath of fresh air. Where it was like, oh, this is like a return to just like set up mm-hmm. and then scare gag. Yeah, um, exactly. mainstream horror filmmaking it was like what a relief after watching it comes at night or whatever. Yeah, to, like see this like you know popcorn version of horror again. And then um, the um, main actress from this was like the breakout star from that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Sophia Lillis or something like that. Mm-hmm. I will say like t- just hearing you talk about like all the themes and like all the like sort of like dense character dynamics mm-hmm. in this. It's really funny thinking about all that at once. Yeah. Because like even in this like little 90 minute movie, that stuff feels very like spaced out. Yeah. And a lot of it is just Oz Perkins like digging around in the woods with like camera equipment <laughs> and gel lights and like synths. Like mm-hmm. there's really not a lot going on from like scene to scene. Yeah. And I think that, you know, talking about that A24 style, like I feel like the dre- the visual style and the dread and the content of like the witch was so thoroughly baked together like it was such a cohesive kind of experience and with this it was like i was interested in the themes and i thought that the visual style was really beautiful and interesting but it like didn't coalesce for me in the way that i wanted it to it did, and yeah. i feel like the more like the more people use this because it's like people will go and see this style without giving attention to the story. Like I still thought the story was, was good in the, in this movie, but like when you just start to duplicate a style because it's popular, then you lose what kind of made it interesting in the first place. And I think, I feel like that's when people kind of start losing interest. It did feel like a badass hour and a half long music video. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of it was like just, visually sonically like cool Mm -hmm. like do i really like care about these characters in the story like not really but goddamn like it's awesome to experience and and maybe that's part of like the a24 aesthetic to me it felt like almost trying to make that aesthetic more palatable and like like friendlier to people Mm -hmm. because like 
when the witch first played in theaters, it got like a terrible like cinema score. Yeah. And, like mm-hmm. people were like actively mad at it, even though it <laughs> yeah. made money. Right. And if A24 is good at anything, it's marketing. It's just like getting butts and seats, no matter what, no matter right. how weird the movie is, like they have a way of getting people to see it. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I think is great. Like yeah. I, they they get worshipped a little too much from like 18 year olds who've only seen like 10 movies. Yeah. <laughs> like very excited about what they're doing. But really, they're just good marketers and good distributors. And mm-hmm. it's cool to see them make profits off of these weird little movies. Mm-hmm. This is not an A24 film, no. even though we're talking about them. Right. They loom large in the industry. But like, it feels like it's taking that style and trying to make it actually like friendlier to a wide audience. And what's funny to me is how that does not work. Like, it's still too weird of a movie to like recommend to like my mom or something. Like, it's still yeah. like too out there and spacey, even though it feels like it's supposed to be like a peppy. Some weird area where it doesn't really reach the like art house freaks and it doesn't reach the like mainstream crowd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So who's it for really? I found that funny though. Yeah. Like, I find that amusing. <laughs> like, but I yeah. but I liked it. Like I nerded yeah. out on the technical yeah. aspects of it, e- even if I wasn't like into the heart of the story. Also, there there were some very good gross moments. Like mm. the witch has this. I feel like it's two years old, so I'm still not gonna spoil things. People might not have seen this. Um, but the witch has this like huge spread of food um, every morning and every night. And yeah. Gretel is like, "Where is all this food coming from?" And when <laughs> I found out what the food was, and like that reveal was delicious oh yes oh that's gross i love it (laughs) and that's ostensibly the like fairy tale lesson you're supposed to learn from this is like Mm -hmm. don't trust free gifts yeah no gifts um but i don't even think that's like the main theme of the movie like we were already talking about the like more modern feminist Mm -hmm. bent on the story and like that's really what its heart is yeah the free gifts thing almost felt like kind of like a nod to fairy tale tradition yeah because you start off with the like sort of short story girl with the pink hat fairy tale as like mm-hmm. a, a um appetizer or right. whatever um i don't feel like it's very serious about that at all yeah yeah it's more about like her being trained to like take over this oh, evil empire God, i love it <laughs> <laughs> and if i was going to recommend a movie from this year that fits in that same wheelhouse it would have been you are not alone um instead i did some slight category fraud again uh, <laughs> as i'm uh, prone to do from time to time um this is another 2022 movie. I saw it in January in theaters called Bell. Uh, it's an anime film from Mamoru Hosoda, who did The Girl Who Leapt Through Time and The Wolf Children and some other fairly oh, popular films. I've been trying to see The Wolf Children. That one's hard to access. Um, really? I, I just saw The Girl Who Leapt Through Time because I borrowed a DVD. Like I couldn't like oh. rent it or whatever. We'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. um, but the new one, Bell, from him is... Kind of an adaptation of Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. which is a story that's been adapted so many times. Like you have both it perfected in the animated Disney version and then perfected even more in the 40s yeah. live action version. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's already been done. So I think what Hosoda does here is he kind of like abstracts it a little bit and mm-hmm. like buries it in another genre. Um, I'm saying it's category fraud because this is ostensibly a sci-fi film. It's a movie about a shy teenager who's like mourning her mother and um, can't sing in public anymore um, since her mother's death. But she finds in this virtual reality realm called You, which is very much like the um, Zuckerberg the metaverse, metaverse 
uh, <laughs> style of like virtual reality. This is like the fantasy element is it has this mm-hmm. body sharing technology where it completely maps your personality and chooses your avatar for you. And um, inside of you, she's not a shy teenager. She's this gorgeous pop star named Belle who um, becomes very famous very quickly as this like almost Britney Spears level like God to all these like uh, mm-hmm. people. I feel like the movie, as far as the internet goes, talks about how limiting the internet is, like as far as like anonymity goes. Like you can find a community of people where you feel like a shining star, mm-hmm. but it also comes with like the more attention you get, the more like negative comments and just people just sort of like obsessively mm-hmm. tearing you down. Like it's like a double edged sword. And also inside, you know, she's like the most beautiful, glamorous person in this like virtual reality realm. There's also the beast, uh, who is this like bad boy agent of chaos who keeps like tearing up um, all these concerts and like distracting from the pop star fame that she has um, just by like being a terrorist and like running away from these like admin cops Mm -hmm. who are trying to expose who he is. She tracks the beast down to his castle, which is where it gets very like wrapped up in the beauty and the beast, especially the Disney version of that story Um, sort of like directly calling back to it. Mm -hmm. And she wants to heal him and make him like, you know, she basically wants to provide therapy to this like yeah. uh, troubled bad boy. And eventually to find out what's troubling him so much and like shield him and protect him from like the terrible things in his life. Um, this movie's also very long and kind of mm-hmm. like rambling and messy. It's got a lot of characters and like little detours narratively, but I really loved it when I saw it in the theater. Like I thought the pop art, like candy colored, like mm-hmm. visual style is really pretty. Um, I sensed while I was watching it that the story was messy, but still when, um, that final concert where she like reveals her true identity to the world, yeah. Yeah. And, like the whale made of light, like soars over all these different avatars. Mm-hmm. I cried. Yeah. Uh, it's like a hokey moment and yeah. it worked. Yeah. The whale is my favorite thing. <laughs> Notably, I went and saw Inuo recently, which I think is an even better animated fantasy movie. Um, is there a whale in and it? And there's a giant whale concert Whoa. Whoa. piece in the middle of it. Okay. So okay. I don't know what's going on in Japanese animation circles. But, but keep uh, it coming. Whale concerts yeah. are like a thing. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so what did y'all think of Belle? And, and what did you think of it as a fantasy movie, I guess? Because it's kind of like blending genres a little bit. It's like a sci-fi and fantasy. Like mm-hmm. traditional fairy tale that lives within a sci-fi movie. Yeah. That lives within an anime. It was very bizarre because I I read a little bit about it before watching it and how it was like a play on Beauty and the Beast. And the whole time I'm like, when does that when? start? <laughs> yeah. Because when? I'm like, this is like, wh- what's going on? Like, I feel like a whole movie happened before like the Beauty and the Beast portion happened, which I, I don't have a problem with it. It's just interesting how that how it fits in and it, and it works. It It isn't like totally separate. Like, I kind of was worried it would be. And I love how there was still, like, tradition within it. Like, there's the castle scene inside yeah. you. Um, and the beast is disgust. Like, just looks looks a lot like the um, rat dogs in Willow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not, like, meant to look like a hot dude with fur. Well, I mean, it's not Matthew <laughs> from um, Downton Abbey in the like, live action version. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I thought for a big hulking 
beast creature he was i mean i thought he was hot <laughs> you know he's hot wow. the way that like furries find like uh oh, animal avatar things hot yeah he's just got like a. he's just a big i'm not gonna talk about this anymore no i like it <laughs> let it out no i mean there's a whole genre of like self-published literature on amazon that like chuck tingle style of like i, I was destroyed him. by a beast right uh, yeah i think exactly. he fits in that category of erotica yeah like you're supposed to find him tr- attractive right he's this big hulking like he's got a big snap and the cape they even have that like that dance scene kind of she's singing a song to him and he gets like a fancy suit like from which Beauty is the, the ballroom like disney right scene like redone. yeah exactly yeah. what i think is interesting about that too is like the disney movie i think was one of the first big mixes of like traditional animation and computer graphics mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and i think a lot of anime recently has been cutting corners with like mixing a little cgi with traditional stuff so you don't have to have like hundreds of people yeah. working on this and i thought this was like more purposeful and head-on right especially and especially that ballroom scene felt like a kind of callback to like that disney tradition yeah as, as far as fantasy like i do think the like the world that is created within this app allows people to live out their fantasies like like i feel like fantasy has always been an escape for people because there are these like it's like your true self is revealed mm-hmm. in fantasy stories and like there are you you can be like like there are kind of endless possibilities and that's how the internet can feel sometimes like not only can i imagine being a super pop star like i can actually live that and still be myself so that is like modern fantasy to me like that people are living out on a daily basis I just watched this documentary this week called We Met in Virtual Reality. Um, that's also on HBO Max along mm-hmm. with Bell. Wow. Um, and it is about that. Like it's like these people, um, especially during the pandemic, like found this like fantasy world. Um, to me, like the way this kind of movie gets away with it is like I don't really understand how virtual reality works. So like it is this like fantasy space where the movie can fictionalize it and do whatever it wants. Yeah. I'm like, sure, whatever. I don't yeah. know what the rules are. But that movie is like real and a documentary filmed mm-hmm. within that space. And it didn't seem that different than this movie. Yeah. Like it had like body sensors. So like people's movements were like mimicked by their avatars. Oh my God. Right. Um, and they could be whatever they want. A lot of them chose to be hot women with tails and ears. Right. And I can't fault them for that. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's a very limited imagination maybe within that like self-selected pool of people doing it. Right. But um, yeah, there is like a sort of freedom of like you're just like sort of liberated from like real world facts yeah uh, whenever exactly. you enter this kind of fantasy space and yeah i think all bets are off in the same way that like entering a magical kingdom or yeah like it gets there through a sci-fi device but once it's there it's whatever you want it to be yeah there and it it feels like a fantasy when mm-hmm. you're inside you know there are like little sprites and like there are all sorts of little critters and creatures that give it that feeling but i guess i I don't know. I thought the stakes were like very low. That that was my problem was like, okay, she's a great singer and she uses this avatar because she doesn't want to, you know, doesn't want people to know what she really looks like because she has freckles or like, so the fear that she will get revealed as being this teenage girl that can sing really well, I, I, I just didn't quite understand the stakes. Like, they seemed very low. Um, I guess it's like as an old curmudgeon man, I didn't quite <laughs> get like 
where are these people, this stuff about the internet and like revealing your true identity. Like, like she's a talented person. Like why not just show your attention is like anxiety inducing. Like um, all those kids in this movie, like just having another teenager pay attention to them and like, say, I like you. Um, causes right. them to blush and like freeze up. <laughs> That's true. So like having like yeah. millions of people know who you are. It's and, terrifying. Like, it's it's too much. Um, and I feel like that is like a common trope in anime is like the shy teenager who like doesn't mm-hmm. want too much attention or like can't stand the idea of like their crush even like looking it's like at them. You're so directly. talented. Everyone tells you that you're a great singer, and I I don't know like I wasn't invested in that like anxiety of like oh I'm yeah. gonna get revealed to people are going to recognize that like i'm a great singer we can't cool. all be like susan boyle <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> I, I don't know there was something there was some disconnect like with the internet angle that i didn't get with this movie oh. i guess like the promise of this is like the anonymity like you're no longer tied to your real life persona people know you to be a certain way it's kind of like when like kids fantasize about going to a new school or like going to college or like i'm gonna reinvent myself yeah yeah um, everyone gets to do that here um it is kind of funny like the admin cops like weapon is this oh, yeah. ray gun that like reveals yeah. your true self like this shining right. emerald. It, it was all that stuff like it didn't work with me like and i think i'm just not in that generation where I just didn't get it. I was like, okay, the ad men's are going around and they're going to reveal you for being so the great singer that you are. James is I'm not like, afraid about being doxxed. I'm going to release his email address <laughs> in this episode. And every time you disagree with him, you can uh, write him a comment. Please, like <laughs> send yeah. him a text. But it's that thing. Like I just didn't, I know we, we've talked about, we love like stuff about internet culture and, and all that. Like, there was some thing I didn't quite understand, like the tension mm-hmm. of this drama. I mean, I know what you're saying. Like in that scene where he comes in and he's like fighting all of the people and he like, I mean, the beast, like it's like he hits them so fast they freeze and, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. after him and everybody's talking about him and you're like, what, is, what did he do? Like, because he hasn't <laughs> right. actually what hurt anybody. Rules? Right. And what are the stakes? Right. I think getting I mean, docs to millions him, of people is a big deal. Yeah. F- so for him, it's like, I do know, like, in World of Warcraft and, like, MMORPGs, when you're playing online with people and you are anonymous, like, if there's one asshole that's, like, killing people as soon as they spawn or something, you know, like, everybody will gang up on this person, you, you know, right, rightfully so, but that, like... If people then also knew who you were and where you lived, like if they can, they're already funneling their hatred onto him and he has like an abusive traumatic household, like that would, that would, it would end up having consequences we, for him. People send you death threats, tell yeah. you to kill yourself, like tell mm-hmm. you yeah. that shit. And then for her, and so but, they- But she's like- this great singer right. that everyone recognizes. She's not awesome. everyone. No, but so they in in the fr- they don't touch on this very often. But when she first gets popular, like the day mm. after, yeah. she says like I got all of these comments from people saying that they hate me. Yeah, you know. And her friends like, oh, whatever. Like that's just like some people are gonna hate you no matter what. And there are all these people who love you. And like they don't really come back to that again. Or well, they do a little bit. But yeah. it's like if people have an actual human being to target that on that's like it's not physically harmful but it's it, it would be like life 
changing and not yeah. necessarily in a good way. I will tell you from publishing this podcast and like website, like we get a very small limited amount of engagement on like a weekly basis. Yeah. And anytime something kind of blows up and is like shared outside of the little bubble that I'm used to mm-hmm. like being contained in, I kind of panic. I'm like, Oh God, what happened? <laughs> um, you know, who's complained about us on Reddit or who linked yeah. to right. us on like some screen rant article? Like why, are suddenly hundreds of people looking at me instead of 10. And like, that is kind of mildly terrifying. I don't actually want people to engage with me. I don't even know why I publish this stuff. Like I (laughs) mostly just like talking to y'all about movies. Like it's not really for outside people to engage with me. Put this on records and play them in your house. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Honestly, it's more helpful for me to go back and be like, I watched that. What did I think about that? It's like an archive. Yeah. So I, I get that panic of like, hundreds of thousands if not millions of people know who i am suddenly like that is not something i want i don't want that kind of attention i would throw up everywhere (laughs) and yeah i think the movie when it is smart about the internet is smart about how limiting that feeling is like okay maybe this kid feels more connected to the outside world because he's not just dealing with his abusive environment without within his home but what he can get from an online community is very limited and like not very fulfilling in its own way. And bell has the same experience where it's like, yeah, I I'm getting a lot of positive attention, but I'm getting Mm -hmm. almost an equal amount of like negative comments telling me I'm like a rip off or original and there's nothing special about me. Yeah. Um, it's like a, you would think it would be like a full on fantasy. Like I've emerged as this, as this like beautiful pop star within this fantasy realm. Everything's great for right. me in there. It's the real life that sucks. But really, even in there, there's a lot of like drawbacks and like yeah. limitations. Yeah. But I did feel it, it's like I kind of had to think through all those things. Like, okay, why is this? Like, I didn't feel that tension necessarily while I was watching the movie. It was like kind of after the fact. Like, yeah, that that would suck if my identity was revealed but like mm-hmm. when the police squad was like oh we gotta get th-, it was like <laughs> i don't know man just like calm down like these people will be fine in 10 seconds they're like avatars will be fine so i did feel some of what and, and at the end when she chooses to reveal herself right. to the world yeah and then does anything really bad happen not really no, yeah just so. riding a whale <laughs> oh my god yeah. no no also like the climactic moment where she like kind of shields this kid and his brother from their abusive dad and you know, he's just crumbles up because, uh, you know, whatever. Like, is that really a victory? Like, they're still going to go back home. But it's still like, like you're talking about, like that big emotional scene, like where she sings in front. Of, like that connected with me, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, It worked. But the deeper stuff, like about the child abuse, I don't None of that really worked. But like the big operatic stuff totally worked for me. So I, I don't know. I'm conflicted about the movie because I thought it was beautiful to look mm-hmm. at. It Beautiful, you know, sounded great. The songs uh, are really good. The songs yeah. are really fucking oh, good. Ma- ma- they made my skin tingle. I yeah. Got tingly. That first song is like a Shakira banger. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, it's just got that like rhythm that are, uh, like better pop songs usually have. But I, I thought it was kind of a mess overall, but... I agree. Yeah. <laughs> but I disagree I but, I, but like... God damn, it did look... It's one of the better looking animes I've ever seen. It's got that paprika style of just yeah. like anything mm-hmm. goes I, I even asked all. Hannah, like when it first started, I was like, is this the guy that did paprika? Yeah. He is dead, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That's, it's but really it, sad. It's but it felt like that. It was like, damn, this is like really cool to look at. 
I want to recommend Inuo as like follow up viewing. It's another like cool. really beautiful anime, and I think holds together better than this one, like thematically. Like mm-hmm. it's about the things it's about the entire time. Where I feel like Bell is a little messy, mm-hmm. and I, I agree with you that the real life human drama doesn't really work as well as like the big operatics. Mm-hmm. I thought it did have some interesting things to say about internet culture, though, just about like how the community and the like fame you can get online is not actually that fulfilling and like she gets more out of connecting with like one person with the Mm -hmm. beast than she gets out of like all the attention oh my god and with her like older like choir women i (laughs) (laughs) i i love them they were just when you have that support system that you don't Mm -hmm. even really realize that you have and they just like come out of the woodwork i like that was so sweet i also i mean this is gonna sound like i'm patting myself on the back a little bit i don't mean to be (laughs) but like this feels like something new with fantasy and it, it, it did have those smudge the genre a little bit mm-hmm. to like try something new, but like working it into the virtual reality realm, I, I guess the Congress kind of does that a little bit as well. Um, it's, it's like trying something different. It's, it's not the atmospheric horror fantasy that we we're seeing a lot of right now. And that stuff's all very good. Like I said, I'm feeling very spoiled to like kind of downplay that. Um, like it, it feels like a different take on, fantasy and maybe like the future of what it could be mm-hmm. or maybe just a one-off novelty i don't really know we'll have to see yeah, yeah. It, it felt fresh i guess yeah. Um, yeah which is hard to do with like tales that have been around for literally like centuries at this yeah. point i don't know i think the movies that we have selected do kind of a good job of charting yes. the progress throughout and i didn't even really think of them in that context and like it just made me appreciate what fantasy can do and has done for people for like hundreds and hundreds of years like people have depended on it in some way so you know i look forward to the future of fantasy and i'm more excited about that than i am about like i don't know more game of thrones or more lord of the rings like there are these like very traditional takes on the genre that are still around and like very well funded in lord of the rings case yeah uh, whatever that new show is called um yeah i'm kind of i want to see people kind of like mix it up a little bit like mm-hmm. that 80s wave really felt like something special that willow wave like felt like maybe it was just because of the, around the time i grew up but like it really felt like the best fantasy movies i've ever seen yeah like, came out all around that same time yeah horror gets plenty of play all the time in theaters like it'd be cool to see more like green knight style like yeah. attempts to like revitalize the genre again yeah i'm excited about that too tell me a tale please <laughs> Tell me a tale I've heard before, but in a completely new right. way, which is a very tall order. Yeah. Well, next week, we're also talking about a mix of fantasy and horror, actually. We're talking about Wishmaster from 1997. Cool. Oh, ho. West Craven yeah. production of um, basically just a special effects showcase where this evil djinn like, takes people's uh, wishes very literally and punishes them Oh, for I it. love it. Yeah. Have you how, seen it before? No, I haven't. But I love that like needle, needful things, monkey's paw. Like, how dare you wish for anything? Right. Yeah. Have you seen um, 3,000 Years of Longing? No, I haven't seen that. That that came out like recently, right? A few like, weeks, three ago, weeks yeah. ago, yeah. It's a, it's a good fantasy movie um, and kind of subverts that expectations. Like the wishes don't actually like punish people in that one the way you'd expect them to. Well, but Wishmaster is very much a like, uh, I wish everything would turn to gold and like your lungs turn to gold. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of thing. Talk to y'all then. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. I'm